Thank you, Amelia and A. Marie. The concept of saving the cheetahs and then realizing there's an opportunity to help somebody right next door to you. That's the concept of community. The concept of coming together, helping those in need. Now this morning we are continuing just a five-week series looking at living well. How various aspects of our lives, when we strive to make them better, can seriously help us as we seek to live the life that our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ has asked us to live. To live it fully and to live it for him. Now, Pastor Kurt began this series a few weeks ago, and he looked at, let's see, career living well. And when Kurt shared about that, he was talking about it's just not the job we have, not just what we do for a living, but it's the concept of living every moment of our lives in vocation for him, which means those of us who are a little older and maybe retired, we still have a career, and that's serving our Lord. And then Kurt looked at physical well-being, and he shared with us that uh, our body and our souls are combined, that we live in a, a fallen world, and so our bodies are fallen as well. Some parts of mine are falling a little quicker. We're They shouldn't. I know none of the rest of you have that problem. And that because we're in that fallen world with fallen bodies, we need to be very careful as we look to helping our bodies. We don't want to be too vain about our bodies, so we're idling our own bodies, but we don't want to forget about them either because our bodies are the temple of God, the temple of the Holy Spirit. And last week, while Mary Kay and I were heading to Greenville, South Carolina, for our denomination's national gathering. Um, Kurt was talking about, let's see, financial well-being. He did a beautiful job of, of sharing about how everything that we have, everything that we own, is a gift of God's, and we're simply stewards of what God has provided for us. And I love the way he ended. I saw his notes, so I know how he ended. He shared a study, and the study said that people receive more satisfaction not from buying something for themselves, but by helping someone else with their resources. And I'm sure, I'm sure he said this, um, your treasure is where your heart is. Did he say that? Oh, I hope so. He said he was going to. But that's the concept that, gosh, you know, whatever God gives us, how we use it is for his glory and his benefit. And the reality is, and we know it, yeah, it's great to buy something for us, but helping someone else with those resources really gives us greater joy. Now, next week, Kara, our student director, ministries director, is going to be sharing about another of the components, and that's social. But this morning, this morning, we are looking at community. And uh, Sharon, the community choir did pretty well. That was a great song. And I actually heard some multiple parts out there. But it's a good thing I wasn't miked. Yeah. <clears throat> but it was fun. Thank you. Now, Amelia's character wanted to save the world, wanted to make a huge difference, and realized going through her litany of things, including manatees, finally, cheetahs were undersaved. I guess that's the way you could save it, say it. And she realized she's going to save the cheetahs. And in the whole time, she's missing what's right next door, someone who really does need some help. And she had an epiphany, and her epiphany was, that's where I can help someone. That's where I can be part of a community. 
And that is our topic this morning. And our primary text comes from the second chapter of Acts, verses 42 to 47. Now, before we look at that, um, we've got to set what that, that particular passage means, what it, where it is in the story. Now, we know that Jesus has been crucified, resurrected. Hundreds of people have seen him. And now in the first chapter of Acts, Jesus ascends into heaven and he promises those who are there that he will give the Holy Spirit. In the first part of the second chapter of Acts, the Holy Spirit comes upon the disciples and they speak in languages they hadn't learned and people outside are going, whoa, that's weird. And then Peter preaches. Now, Peter Peter probably isn't, well... He's kind of a little like me. He's scatterbrained sometimes and and not quite sure where he's going to go and what he's going to say. And oftentimes he puts his foot in his mouth. But this time Peter preaches. And it's under the power of the Holy Spirit. And when Peter's finishing preaching, 3,000 people have come to faith in Jesus Christ. 3,000. That's not just Peter. That's the Holy Spirit. Now our passage in Scripture in Acts comes right after that. Now, I wish Luke would help us here because he doesn't tell us what the time frame is between 3,000 coming to faith and our passage. You got to believe there's at least a little bit of a break in time, but we just don't know. But what we see in our passage this morning is the way the body of Christ operated shortly after Jesus' ascension and shortly after the coming of the Holy Spirit. And this particular passage... Acts 2, 42 to 47, on page 1694, and it'll be up in the screen in just a moment, is a wonderful model for you and for me. As we seek to, to grow in our sense of community, so that that aspect of our lives can help us seek to live well for our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ in all aspects of our lives. Now, I encourage you to follow along silently as I read aloud. Listen to the words of the physician historian Luke. And hear God's message to you and to me about community. The believers devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. All the believers were together and had everything in common. They sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. Every day they continued to meet in the temple courts, They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. Please join with me in prayer. Our Lord God, it is good to be here, here in community, giving you glory and honor, giving you praise. Lord God, we thank you for your word. We ask that your Holy Spirit indwell our hearts and our minds, that we might hear that message you have for us, and we might apply it in our lives each and every day. Amen. Well, there are a few things that we learn as we seek to grow in our sense of community from our passage this morning and from at least one or two other passages we may be looking at. Now, the early Christians weren't in a particularly safe group of people. Now, it wasn't that they weren't safe, but they weren't safe from others. They had to deal with the the Jews who saw them as enemies, shall we say, and the Roman government was out to get them. And later on in Acts, we read about infighting even within that young church, those young believers. 
And that sense of safety is important. And the body of Christ came together very early together because they had that sense of safety, shall we say, in numbers. That they could come together. They could study scripture, study the teachings of the apostles, our passage says. Share meals, share in the sacrament, fellowship together, give praises to God and pray. Community helps them feel a sense of security. Now, that's no different today than it might have been 2,000 years ago. We, too, as we look to community, look to having a healthy sense of community so that we live well, we need a sense of safety as well. Now, we're fortunate in the U.S. most of the time. uh, We're really not oppressed as being Christ followers. Our lives aren't on the line as they are in some nations. But we are no longer mainstream. As Christ followers, uh, we're not necessarily seen as politically correct anymore. Might have been the case a few decades ago. But if we truly follow the teachings of Jesus, our lives are going to look different than the lives of those who are not followers. We may not necessarily feel safe all the time. And when we come together as we are right now, and we come together in smaller groups, we have that opportunity to support each other, encourage each other, and be community which helps us as we seek to live well. Now, there's another aspect of community and seeking to live well within community. And it deals with a sense of choosing where we live and being happy where we live. That seems kind of strange, doesn't it? Now, the reality is early Christians, first century Christians, they probably were born, lived, and died within... 24 feet of that whole space. They just didn't move. It wasn't part of who they were. But later on, we read in Acts of Christians going farther and further away to protect their very lives. But if we go back to Old Testament times, we go back to the early Jews, the Hebrews, there were times they were literally exiled, literally kicked out of the Holy Land, kicked out of the land of milk and honey, taken away from Jerusalem, and having to live in another country that wasn't theirs, another area that wasn't theirs. Now, in Jeremiah 29, God does a beautiful love letter to his people in exile. And he shares with them his heart and his desires for them. And I I just want to share with you one verse. This is Jeremiah 29, 7. It's up on the screen as well. And this is God speaking through his prophet Jeremiah. Also, seek the peace and prosperity of the city to which I have carried you into exile. Pray to, pray to the Lord for it, because if it prospers, you too will prosper. Now, God recognizes there are going to be times that we're not going to be necessarily where we want to be. And we should be praying for that community, that area. Now, I doubt that's a case for very many of us. I'm not going to ask for a a hand-raising, but I doubt very many of us feel we're necessarily in exile. There may be some who are living where they don't necessarily want to live, in a house they don't necessarily want to live. Maybe there's dreams of uh, maybe Hawaii or maybe the beach. I mean, we could think of things that could be dreams, but most of us, we probably are living in the community we're choosing to live in. Not forced to live there necessarily. And we look to being healthy in our sense of community Knowing that we're where we want to be adds to that living well in community. Now, I know most of you probably know Mary Kay's and my story. 
Um, we made a decision in the late 70s to make Sumner our home. That was a long time ago. Now, that decision was made because in my prior career, I dealt with a number of school districts. And I really liked the Sumner School District. I wanted our kids to go through the Sumner schools. Ernie Lauk, many of you remember Ernie, superintendent back then. Superintendent for like 200 years. Great guy, elder in the church. And then Don Eisman followed him up. Another great guy. And we chose to make Sumner our home back then. Build a a dream house up on a little lake next to Taps. Because we wanted this to be home. Love the school district, love the community. And then God in his humor had us come to this church. And then I came to a true faith in Christ is not only Savior but Lord. And in God's humor extended even further, uh, he decided maybe I should go in the ministry. And 25 years later, we're back. But what we knew was Sumner was going to be our home. And so a dozen years ago, we bought a house over by Daffodil Elementary. And finally, two years ago, we we got to sleep in the house we bought a dozen years ago because we wanted this to be home. Now, when we have, any of us have that sense that we have a home we want to be, a community in which we want to be, that adds to our sense of living well. Now, being in a community you like, feeling safe, that's not all of it. Because God wants more from us and for us than simply being happy for ourselves. Our text this morning is very clear. that people held, each, held things in common, and when necessary, they sold goods and property to help all who had need. They gave to others so that they would not have needs. And that's a lesson for us when we look at living well for our Lord, is we too are called upon to help others. Maybe to help um, a Marie's character find her classroom and to be a friend for someone who just came into town. But God has called us to help those around us. Now, my hope and my prayer is we do that here at Faith Covenant Church, and at least that's our desire. Now, our, limit, our resources are often limited, but that's the way the body of Christ should operate. But it's more than just here and now. Our text today said that that the people helped all who had need, not just those who were believers. And so that's a a challenge for us to go beyond just our inward community and to look out to help others as well. Now, there's one more thing. And this one's, this is a little different. If we're looking at living well and having a healthy sense of community, A sense of the community and us being evangelists for our community is important. It might seem strange, right? How can you be an evangelist for your community? Well, the early church were evangelists for our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Our text said that they praised God, everybody heard what what was happening, and many came to faith in Jesus Christ. Now, certainly as believers, that's part of our call, an important part, if not maybe our primary call. What's the phrase? Making disciples is not one of our calls. It's our only call. We got to remember that part. But uh, we are called to help people come to a saving faith in Jesus Christ. But if we're looking at living well and living in community, 
I almost want to say there's got to be a sense of pride in where we live too, because that adds to our living well. And so if we're happy where we're living, wherever that is, and somebody asks you about your community, if you're able to say this is a good spot, that adds to your living well. Adds to your living well. So we like Sumner. So if somebody says about, asks us about Sumner, we're going to say it's a great place to live, good schools, good community, and Faith Covenant Church is a wonderful church. Come join us. That helps us as we seek to live well for our Lord. So, so what? What about us here today? Well, number one, you're here. You are in community. You're in a community choir. You didn't even know what was going to happen. But that is the body of Christ. And when you're in community in the body of Christ, that is a huge step towards living well. But maybe we can do a little more. Maybe we could be a little bit like Amelia's character. Not necessarily worry about saving cheetahs, but maybe look around and see if there's someone or something we could do to help in another area. I'll admit, we don't know all the neighbors, and we've been there two and a half years. Maybe we could take time to meet a neighbor we haven't met before. Or maybe there's someone who might need help. Or maybe, like for Grace, she just wants our prayers while she's going to be in India ministering for our Lord in a medical mission. Just take a small step. Or maybe we could go even larger. Uh, Maybe we can join a service club or help in an elementary school, or help with the library, just to expand our sense of community and our involvement. All of that helps us as we seek to live well for our Lord. Now, a few weeks ago, some of you may have read the story of the cabin tree. Does that ring a bell with anyone? The cabin tree. Now, I thought that was a strange name, but it's a a redwood estimated to be 2,500 years old and about 300 feet tall. And it was a tree that around 1880-ish, loggers cut the middle out of its trunk and cars could drive through it. And two or three weeks ago, it fell down. Major rainstorm in Northern California, the winds blew, and this massive tree, diseased and injured because of all the efforts, fell down. Not the healthiest of forests right there, and there are some problems, but looking at the picture, the root structure, probably that thick and went out. You'd think a 300-foot tree that's 2,500 years old would have these massive roots going deep, deep, deep down. Not so for a healthy redwood forest. The redwoods' root structure are shallow but spread way out. And when they spread way out, they intertwine with the roots of other redwoods and the roots of other redwoods and the roots of other redwoods. And because of that intertwining, they gain strength from each other. In a sense, it's a community of roots. And you know, that's our lesson today that we need to intertwine ourselves within community within community. Oftentimes, the phrase is used, there are no Christian Lone Rangers. But people often forget even the Lone Ranger had Tonto. We are not called to do this alone. We are called to be Christ followers together 
And in that process, we are able to grow and live well for our Lord. Amen. We are blessed with so many various gifts that our Lord has given us.